If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 519. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, purchase one of my courses. There are 12. Keeps this podcast free of charge. Also, click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can keep get a book plate there at that support tab. You can keep the lights on. Also, go to anchor.fm. You can subscribe to the show there. You can go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom, where I teach with Tom and a lot of other great instructors. You can go click on that uh, shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. You can get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of ways to support the show financially. All those things support the show financially. And I do when, when people say, you know, comment, "Well, I'm always shilling something." Well, that's I. This is free, right? The podcast is free of charge. So the other stuff that I do makes it to where I can do this free of charge. As always, though, share the podcast around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're thinking locally, acting locally, and send me those show requests. If you want me to talk about something, I'll look at it and may not respond back to you but I do because I get a lot of emails and I just don't always have the time to do it. But regardless, I do read your emails. And this one is kind of a... Kind of a listener-generated episode. I had a few emails from this on this particular topic. And it's something I talked about. I was on a Tom Wood show a few weeks back. We talked about secession and the practical side of secession. And that, of course, is the ultimate expression of thinking locally and acting locally. If you're talking about decentralization, leaving the union, this is something that Michael Anton criticized me for. Well, McClanahan is certainly interested in secession. Uh, so is Glenn Elmer's, I guess. Now, I mean, the, the Straussians are talking about this, though in different ways. And you've had other, you've had the crunchy cons, right? Some of these people, these crunchy cons, talk about the Benedict Option and other things. People are talking about political independence, not just on the right, though, also on the left. And so, there's two things I want to talk about with this today. Two news items, both from leftists, not from people on the right. Because, you see, I do believe that if secession was to ever work in America, it cannot come from the right. It can't come from the right. Because the right is always going to be blasted with the charge of racism. They want to institute Jim Crow. They want to, you know, they want to segregate. They want to have slavery. This is the only reason the right wants secession, because they're just a bunch of racists. So the only place that can really pull it off, to me, would be a leftist state like California, or maybe a conglomeration of states, a confederation like California, Washington, Oregon, or someplace like uh, Vermont, or Massachusetts, or Maine, 
or even New Hampshire, though New Hampshire is going to be criticized. So you got a bunch of libertarians up there. These people just, they don't want any law. They're just a bunch of anarchists. Um, so it has to be, and it has to be from a leftist state. This is why Tom Naylor, who is now dead, but he, he was in charge of, of the group, the Second Vermont Republic, and it was always the best. I mean, Kirk Sale is a leftist, and he has the Middlebury Institute. It was always the best option to have the lefties go first. Because that would pave the way. And in some ways, if California left the union, there'd be no need for the right to secede. They wouldn't need it. And they wouldn't need it because California carries so much political weight in the Congress and uh, in the United States government, it would be gone. And I've done this before. Imagine a world without California. Imagine the United States without California. There's no Kamala Harris. There's no Dianne Feinstein. There's no Nancy Pelosi. All those people are gone. There's no Gavin Newsom on the front page. What is California? No recall. Who cares? California could have all the recalls they want, and it wouldn't matter if you don't live in California. We'll be talking about 45,000 homeless people in Los Angeles. Now, of course, you'd have to think about how you're going to get the people out of California that you would need to get out of California. The, the, the conservatives who live there, there's lots of them. I mean, California is a beautiful state. A lot of conservatives live there, and a lot of conservatives moved there from the South, in fact. I mean, there was... Pockets of Southerners in California for a long period of time um, in places like Bakersfield. Uh, but you, you, you have to get these people out, bring them back home. If they want it out, of course, we see that Californians are moving to Texas in large numbers. It's changing Texas. But regardless, um, this is where we are, right? So the, the best way would be for California to leave. Now, in that particular, I'm going to get into how this would work. I, I talked about it with Tom Woods. I'll do it here, too, because I think it's important. But we've got two lefties coming out now in favor of, well, at least one in favor of secession and one pointing out that, wait a second here, uh, this, could be, uh, this could be pretty bad. What we're facing right now is the same thing as the 1860, 1850s and 1860. So this is a headline, renowned historian Ken Burns, the Conditions of the country are as bad today as they were before the Civil War. The conditions of the country today are as bad as they were before the Civil War. Think about what he just said there. In the 1850s, you had a situation of supreme rhetorical distrust between two sections of people, the North and the South. And you had proxy wars between these two groups. One the most famous case is Kansas, where you had armed bands of people going from the north into Kansas and armed bands of people from the south into Kansas, and there might there was going to be some conflict there. Of course, the most famous conflict is John Brown's homicidal actions against a family as they were sleeping, went in and hacked them up. I mean, John Brown is a homicidal maniac. He is a murderer. There's no other way to describe it. John Brown should be nowhere regarded as a great American. But, I mean, this is, this is what we have, right? So, uh, and then, of course, you had Northerners and rhetorical flourishes calling Southerners, uh, you know, vomit, devils. These people were evil. Well, how do you work from there? And we see what the left is saying about conservatives now. They're evil. They're evil. On the other hand, you had Southerners beating up, or one Southerner beating up Charles Sumner on the floor of the Senate, Preston Brooks and Charles Sumner, 
and you had uh, Brooks being sent canes from all over the South, right? So there was this rhetorical nastiness about the 1850s that resulted in violence. Well, we haven't, I mean, we've seen some violence, right? And we, we, we have seen some violence in the United States between protest groups. And of course, the left is going to say, well, there's January 6th, which as may be the case, I mean, there's some information coming out about that now that maybe not everything's as it seemed with that January 6th uh, insurrect, quote unquote, insurrection. Um, you can't ever, tr- look, you can't ever trust these things when you have an FBI and a central intelligence ag- agency as large as they are in the United States today. We know the you know the, the rally they had you know just a weekend ago, they had a whole bunch of FBI agents standing around it, and I mean this was this is what was going on. We know these people were probably there on January sixth too, egging people on. But you have Ken Burns now saying that we got a bad situation. I love the first line because it's really stupid. Not many people know more about American history than Ken Burns. Well, I can think of a lot of people that know more about history than Ken Burns. I could probably say that um, I could probably go to one of my, uh, you know, a, a high school student here in my town and find out somebody that knows more history than Ken Burns. The guy might make good documentaries, but knowing history? Come on. This is a stupid quote. He has produced legendary documentaries on jazz and baseball, two unique American inventions. But Burns is perhaps most well-known for his documentary on the Civil War. The opus, released in 1990, received countless awards and was watched by millions. Burns recently appeared on the Smartless podcast, and during the show he explained to hosts Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes the seriousness of the country's current divide. It's really serious, he explained. There are three great crises before this, the Civil War, the Depression, and World War II. This is equal to it. Burns ended the conversation with a famous 1838 quote from an Abraham Lincoln's speech. From when shall we expect the approach of danger? Shall some, some transatlantic military giant step the earth and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa cannot by force take a drink from the Ohio River or make a track on the Blue Ridge in the trail of a thousand years. No, if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. A nation, As a nation of free men, we live forever or die by suicide. I mean, this is, of course, you got to quote Lincoln because Lincoln was the most brilliant man in the history of all brilliant men. <laughs> I mean, come on. But look, Burns is on to something. I remember uh, several years ago, I was at a conference and a question was asked, where are we today in relation to the 1850s? And I said, well, you know, we're the 1850s are more divided. And, and in fact, at that point, uh, Don Livingston spoke up and said, no, no, we're not. We're more divided now than they were in the 1850s. At least in the 1850s, you had people that were generally Christian. They had some more similarities. And there are historians who have pointed this out. Even people like Forrest McDonald said, you know, the, we really weren't that divided in 1860. It came down to rhetoric. And this is the Tom Fleming, not the Chronicles Tom Fleming, but the historian Tom Fleming, who wrote uh, A Disease of the Public Mind, which, of course, was cry- excoriated by the left. They hated this thing because, well, Fleming blamed abolitionists for the, for the conflict because these people were being his, rhetorically irresponsible. Oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. But maybe Burns is the opposite end of what we should be thinking about. You see, Burns is thinking that there's going to be, there's got to be violent conflict. There's got to be violence in this case. The, the Lincoln quote, we're going to have violence here. <laughs> 
And everybody, well, the January 6th insurrection, it's violence. It's, it's insurrection, quote-unquote. It's violence. The right is violent. These people are violent. It's all going to be violent. On the other hand, you have Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman is on the as far left as you can get. And she had her podcast where she um, said, maybe we should just break up. This is it. Maybe we should break up. Now, she's got a lot of listeners. And I want to talk about this because this is really where, this is interesting to me. So this article in uh, wegotthiscovered.com, leftist site, I don't even know what it is, but anyways. Sarah Silverman is no stranger to controversy. She has previously used racial slurs like the word chink and even did blackface for a sketch on the Sarah Silverman program back in 2007. But her inappropriate jokes about Paris Hilton and Britney Spears were not well received either. Still, it looks like she's ready to jump into another pot of boiling water once again. In a recent episode of the Sarah Silverman podcast, she actually endorsed secession as a way to allow those in more conservative states to not need to take the COVID-19 vaccine, while other states could require vaccine passports. Oh my gosh! Holy moly! You mean we could actually have people that would just say, hey, you live like you want to live, and we live like we want to live, and we're good? They have a word for that. It's called federalism. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh my gosh, these brilliant genius. I mean, Sarah Silverman is, I mean, she just, she, oh, maybe, maybe I'm thinking about this now. Maybe, I mean, this is a new idea. Maybe we should think about uh, a, a divorce, a breakup, maybe. In fact, this is what she said. I mean, this may be a negative thought or maybe a positive one. I don't know. But if people aren't getting along like in a relationship, they break up, you know? So, like, why don't we just finally realize that this, these states aren't working and, like, divide up into, like, two or three countries? It'd be like USA 1 and USA 2. <laughs> I love the language. The direct quote is hilarious, right? I mean, you can just see that the, I mean, it may be that we have these two, three, like, you know, these, like, two or three people like. And these like people like break up like because they like don't like each other like. And so maybe in the picture, of course, her eyes, she's looking up at the ceiling. But maybe it's hilarious. The sheer stupidity of Sarah Silverman is on display. However, the sheer stupidity, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. A, a, a broken clock is right once a day or twice a day. You know, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock is right twice a day. So a broken clock is right twice a day. A blind squirrel can find out maybe Sarah Silverman is onto something here. She then wanted to explain her idea further. Like the conservatives can be USA one because they love being number one and it means something to them. And I'd love to have that be theirs. They can be USA one. We'll be USA two and we'll be allies and you'll come over here, and we'll go over there. And you know, when you come to certain many times, when you go to a different country, you have to get a vaccine. That's it. That's that. Wouldn't that be beautiful? So, so like, we could have this USA, and, like, we could have that USA-like. And then maybe we have passports, and you just, if you, like, want to go to California-like and see something there-like, you could just 
have to have a vaccine like if you wanted to go. But if you didn't want to go, you didn't have to be vaccinated if you want to be. So we could apply this to all kinds of things. At the end of the piece, it says, while polls have shown a large percentage of Americans who would support secession from the United States, there has never been a serious moderate attempt to do so that has ever gained any ground. So while Sarah Silverman may think it's a good idea, it's not likely to go anywhere. Now, the, the funny thing is the left's reaction to this. And of course, conservative reaction to this too. Oh my gosh. Sarah Silverman, uh, that's pro-Confederate. Here it is, the Democrat, certainly. Certainly, I mean, this is all about Democrats. Or uh, you know, the left, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. Because they got to have power. So the question then becomes, if in that last part, it's not likely to happen. How could it happen? Well, the first thing that you have to understand about any kind of independence movement, you got to have independent people. And Americans aren't independent people at this point in our history. We're not. We're not at all. We're too tied into debt, too dependent on the general government. The states are too dependent on the general government. This is going to be a serious problem economically to pull it off. Uh, it's not not saying that it couldn't happen. And California, again, would be the the best-case scenario for an independence movement. It would have to be the one to do it. But that said, the way it happens, of course, there's two ways. One is by the people of the states calling conventions and saying, look, we're out. We dissolve. We're no longer in the United States of America. That is a possible scenario, a far-fetched scenario, it's a far-fetched scenario because you'd have to get the state legislature to call the convention, then you'd have to have elections for the convention, then the convention would have to go in. And we can't even get this for an Article 5 convention, right? So there are states that are on board with that, which I'm on board with that too. Have an Article 5 convention. I would rather have, here's, here's where I'm going to shock some people. I would rather have, and pe- people would say, you know, Phyllis Schlafly was famous for this. If we have a, a, an Article 5 convention, we get a runaway convention, we just completely change the Constitution because all the leftists would have influence. It's still got to be ratified by three-quarters of the states. Still got to do it if you add amendments. I mean, the states still have to ratify these things. But on the other hand, I would rather have a, a Constitution that would essentially create a unitary state than one where we're still in the gray area all the time. We know that the U.S. Constitution doesn't create a unitary state. We know the United States Constitution is such that you have a situation where you have a real federation. We know that. People don't follow it. That's the problem. We know this. But I would rather have, if we're going to do this, and let's codify it, let's just put it down on paper and say, this is what we've got. The central government makes all decisions, and then there's no more argument. Then we can just debate policy all day, and there's no, well, what's constitutional, what's not constitutional. Just say the general government has all the power. The states then become administrative subdivisions. They become corporate partners of the center, and that's it. This is what Dan Fisher essentially said in Oklahoma when he presented a bill to abolish the state of Oklahoma. Look, if that's all we're going to be, let's just say it. Let's just do it. But if we're really going to have states, let's have states. So we got to have conventions if we're going to go that route. The other route, of course, which, again, probably real far-fetched because the, the political class is so tied in to each other and there's so much money and corruption, but would be for Congress to actually boot California out of the union, to get enough of California to say, you know what, California... You are a real drain on this government. Now, you'd have to have a president in office who would be willing to sign this into law. But to pass a joint resolution of Congress 
removing California from the union. You're out. Now, it would have to get through the Senate, which means it would have to get through a filibuster. So you'd have to have 60 senators to be on board with this. You'd have to have a president willing to do it. So again, this is probably a far-fetched scenario. But Texas v. White, as I've as been brought up all the time, well, Texas v. White says secession is illegal. Okay, if you want to go on that path that you can't have unilateral secession, it does say that Congress can boot states out of the union. Why does it say that? Well, because during Reconstruction, the Congress booted the southern states out of the Union, said you're no longer in the Union, you're no longer a state, you're a conquered province, you're a territory, you've reverted, this is state suicide, this is Thad Stevens, this is Charles Sumner, this is what they were saying at the time, so you've committed suicide by leaving the Union, you're no longer in the Union, you've, 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 uh, you've abrogated your right to be a state. So, Congress can then boot you out, you're out. You're no longer a state. You're a territory. We can do with it as we please. And then you can come back in. Of course, that whole argument, the legal side of that, there was problems for them because how can a state that's not a state ratify an amendment, which is what they were forcing them to do. These amendment process requires states to ratify an amendment, not territories. But regardless, the Supreme Court left the out. Okay, so if we want to get California out of the union, you've got to get a concerted effort. Conservatives right-wingers, whatever, even leftists who would love for California to be Sarah Silverman. I, look, Sarah Silverman could run on a pro-secession platform, and I would vote for her. I would vote for her just on that one issue. I could care less about everything else she does. If what she wanted was simply, let's get out of the union. I don't know if she lives in California or not, but wouldn't that be great if she lived there? She could just be part of the Cal Exit movement. They need Sarah Silverman. They should call her up tomorrow if she's in California. I don't know where she lives. If she lives in California, Cal Exit people, I know some of them listen to this show, they should call her up tomorrow and say, hey, Sarah, be our spokesperson. Let's get out. Let's leave. Let's be a real leftist state. Let's do it. Let's be the socialist utopia, the, the USSC. <laughs> Let's get out. They should be on the phone with her to do this. So, Sarah Silverman is on to something here. Ken Burns is saying, we're so divided. This is the 1850s. If that's the case, let's avoid the war. Let's avoid the conflict. Let's say, okay, let's, let's have a separation. Let's be out. Let's, let's have this political divorce. Let's divide. You go your way. We go our way. We'll be USA number one. You can be USA number two. We're number two. They can be number two because that's what, that's what their ideas are. They're number two. They can do that. And uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll let you, West Coast, and then we could even, wouldn't it be great if we got rid of New England too? If California leaves and New England's going to say, well, heck, we're not going to be in this union with a bunch of right-wingers, we're out. So let's have Massachusetts, Connecticut, uh, Vermont, and uh, I mean, Maine's, Maine and New Hampshire are problematic. There's a lot of good conservatives in Maine and New Hampshire. Um, parts of Maine are pretty, pretty strong on the right. Uh, New Hampshire, of course, very libertarian. So I'm not certain all those states would go along with it, but maybe New York would go. Wouldn't that be great? New York, Massachusetts, uh, Vermont, Connecticut. Uh, maybe they take Rhode Island. I don't know. Maybe, you know, but, uh, New Hampshire could be its own thing, and New Hampshire and Maine could form a little confederation up there. I mean, they'd be part of the United States. I mean, heck, you could have flyover air. You just fly over these other countries to get to Maine and New Hampshire. I mean, why not? You could have... You could have a free passage between the states. You're just not a citizen of those states anymore. I mean, why not, right? Why does the United States have to be from this coast to this coast this large? Why do the states even have to be as large as they are? Maybe we should talk about that too. 
All that comes down, though, to thinking locally and acting locally. I had somebody uh, email me the other day that there was a estate. They're doing something with the county level to try to resist. And uh, that uh, this guy's wife said to him, um, doesn't even listen to the show. He listens to the show. His wife doesn't listen to the show. Said that uh, my, my wife is asking me to basically think locally, act locally. It's great. Well, she needs to be listening to the podcast, right? I mean, this is what she needs to do. She's got to be on board the Brian McClanahan show. And uh, I had another guy uh, email me saying he's running for office, wants to use the Think Locally, Act Locally slogan. Go for it, right? I mean, do it. This I don't, I don't have a copyright on this. Do it. Think locally, act locally. Get out there, but you got to start working at the local level first. You got to start there. It's never going to start from the top down. It has to start from the bottom up. That's the way all of this has to work. And we got to have independent communities of independent people. If we don't have that, we're never going to have any type of real political independence in America. So that's why secession right now is, I mean, this is far off in the distance, unless we really got America on board with some other things. Anyways, I wanted to talk about these things because, of course, it was something that was sent to me. So hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you next time for the next one. See you then. (laughs) 